We begin our devotion this morning with hymn 201. We'll use the first stanza to begin. from Peter's first general letter, uh, the first chapter, third verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. In Jesus' name, beloved of God. Edward Sweeney was not sure what awakened him but he immediately smelled the smoke. When he opened his eyes, he found his New York apartment filled with smoke, and he had apparently fallen asleep with a lighted cigarette, and now things were getting out of hand. He jumped up, ran to the door, jerked it open, charged through it, slamming it shut behind him as he left the room, only to find himself locked in the closet of his burning apartment. A neighbor had called the fire department already and they let Mr. Sweeney out and doused the fire. Have you ever had one of those days when nothing seemed to go right? Perhaps you overslept and were trying to catch up for the rest of the day. Or perhaps you were on time, refreshed, ready for class, and when the bell rang, you discovered that there was an assignment which you had not done. Everyone else in the class had heard the assignment and had completed it, but you had nothing to hand in. No matter how bad a day you may have had, it was not as bad as Paul's day at Philippi in Acts 16. He had not overslept. He had not been inattentive in class. What had he done? In the name of Jesus Christ, he had driven an evil spirit out of a girl. And because of that, he and Silas were whipped and thrown into prison with backs bleeding and their feet fastened in the stocks. But at midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. How could they do that? Peter gives us the answer in this doxology with which he opens his first letter. He's writing to people who face suffering, but we don't know about that until we first learn that they have been born again, brought to a new life by the good news that they have been justified before God, declared innocent of all their sins. And in the new life to which they have been born, this new life is a life of hope. Now hope looks forward to the future, and this hope that they had looked forward to an inheritance which could not be spoiled, reserved in heaven for them. And that's why Paul and Silas could be praising God in the darkness of their prison cell. They were not sitting there counting their money and rejoicing. They were not studying grade book wizard. Those things look back at work which we have done for the paycheck or for the grade. Paul and Silas were not looking at what kind of a day they had just had. They were looking at the result of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross for all their sins. They were looking forward to a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, a salvation which had been declared accomplished by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And Paul and Silas, looking at the enormity of that eternal salvation, that inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, while they were fading away in a prison cell, defiled by all sorts of corruption, Paul and Silas knew that the present trial was only for a little while compared to their coming salvation. They knew that their suffering was screened by God and he would not permit it if it could not be caused to serve a good purpose. So they rejoiced at midnight, even though they did not know that the other prisoners would be listening and learning, did not know that there would be an earthquake, did not know that the jailer would be brought to faith along with his whole household, did not know that they would be released in the morning. Have you ever had one of those days? Actually, it's relatively easy to come to chapel when the bulk of the trouble has been caused by our oversleeping or our inattentiveness or some other failing on our part. In Christ, we have forgiveness and peace with God. But when the trouble comes because we are serving Jesus, because we befriend someone in need, because we have done what is right, when trouble comes because of our faith, it is then that we are tempted to blame the author and finisher of our faith and to say, here I trusted in you, I tried to walk by that faith, and look what it got me. But that is just when Peter reminds us not to go locking ourselves in the closet, making things even worse. 
Suffering for faith is far better than suffering without faith. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we can still sing, Jesus, your blood and righteousness, my beauty are, my glorious dress, midst flaming worlds, in these arrayed with joy shall I lift up my head. Amen. Stanzas four and five. 